We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, Sunday afternoon, 424. Portland Trailblazers have traded Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics for Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, a.k.a. Time Lord, two first-round picks, a 2024 Golden State Warriors first-round pick that's top four protected, and a 2029 Boston Celtics unprotected pick. This is transaction number two in the Damian Lillard trade transaction tree. Brandon, how are we feeling uh, about how everything went here? I, I think if you were to evaluate all the assets they acquired through the two trades, Danny, I'm going to have to agree with my man Kevin Pelton of ESPN.com. I read a lot of reviews and grades of the trade. And while this might not be the complete end to it, I think for the most part right now going into media day, I got to give it an A-. minus. I did a fantastic job by Joe. Um, I was wrong in a lot of regards. I think what he saw, I was right about. Like the market wasn't amazing for one player, but what he did was he manipulated the market to his benefit. He said, okay, I can't get the KD Hall with one one trade. How can I manipulate this to trade and then have that up with a follow-up trade? So I thought it was a job well done by Joe. Uh, obviously got the high-end asset in Aiton, who's already under contract. Uh, you got that second round player at Kamara, you got the draft capital and you still have veteran guys that you could eventually move um, when you get a chance. So I thought overall he, he did a pretty damn good job with this, Danny. It's going to be really interesting uh, to kind of see how everything shakes out when it's all said and done. That's mm-hmm. that's to me because as things stand right now, everybody keeps asking, are they going to move Brogdon? Are they going to move Brogdon? Are they going to move Brogdon? Eventually. Uh, as it stands right now, I, they have conducted a lot of work, a lot of transactions, and they have a season to get underway in less than 24 hours. So I don't expect Brogdon to be moved immediately. Uh, I've heard from multiple sources that they do plan on keeping Robert Williams, a.k.a. again, Time Lord. Great nickname. I'm going to refer to him as Time Lord from now until infinity. So Time is say, over. There you go. There you go. Uh, time Lord till time is over. Um as I understand it, multiple teams are interested in Malcolm Brogdon. So uh, I just published a uh, trade grade 
long write-up on the Patreon. So if you want to read, dig into that, you can read it there. Uh, I'll give you the, the highlights. When the initial trade went down uh, for Damian Lillard, I said C-plus with room to grow. And that was because they had an asset pool that was contingent on a return for Drew Holiday. The interesting thing about trading Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks is, number one, they made the Bucks the best team in the NBA. Of that, I have no question. They are the best. It is not Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Jokic, better than Giannis. The gap between mm. them, pretty small. Gap between Damian Lillard and Jamal Murray, larger. Um, Jamal Murray is a hell of a playoff player. He did not have to guard a single player in the playoffs during the entire run last year. Um, I want to see what he looks like when somebody, anybody is at the point guard spot kind of going forward where he get, doesn't have to or can't hide the entire series. Mm -hmm. uh, I am not downplaying them at all. It's just That's just reality. We haven't seen that happen yet. Um, Dame is playing with his best teammate of all time, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, Brooke Lopez might be his third Four, actually his fifth best teammate, Chris Middleton, if he's healthy, might be his third best teammate. Mm -hmm. Middleton's healthy and returns to what he was. He's a better player than CJ McCollum. Yes. So expectations for the Bucks should be dramatically high. But in sending Damian Lillard to the Bucks, they got the one player in the deal, Brandon, who outside of Chris Paul in the entirety of Damian Lillard's career bothers Damian Lord. So they they held the key to this and so everybody who looked at the box and said, "Oh, we're a contender and we have to go through that team." They also have the weapon that you can utilize best against Damian Lord. So they're lining up and going, "Oh, we'd like to check in on Drew Holiday." And I was told a significant amount of teams across the NBA, basically all contenders in the NBA registered phone calls mm -hmm. to see what it what a, a market for Drew Holiday was going to look like. And when it was all said and done, there were multiple teams with very competitive offers on the table. So it's interesting. I, I want to go back real quick. It's a minor thing that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. You know Vegas actually thinks the Celtics are favored now. Now with the Drew deal, yes. With the Drew, uh, with the Drew deal. I think they're a little light in the ass on the bigs. Mm -hmm. uh, Horford is 37 years old. And yes, he is. Porzingis is not a guy defensively you can really rely on. They uh, solved that though today. They solved it by signing Winyan Gabriel. Hey, I love me some Wendigo. <laughs> I love love my guy. Supremely athletic. Doesn't get enough credit for like he's a he's Time Lord Light, really. That's kind of who he is. And, and as a dude, he's great. Um that's it's a good move for them because they got significantly significantly less athletic back there. Um for the Blazers and we talked about this previously, but this is now unquestionably the most athletic this team has been in two decades, probably three. So it's it's quite literally the the late eighties, early nineties yeah. Blazers, and this team right now on paper. That's insane to think about. Well, you got all twenty, you know, one to twenty four, twenty five year olds on this team, hyper athletic. I I think we can get to for a couple minutes today, Danny. Uh, people starting to believe this team is a playoff team, like seeing the roster and going, I, I'm not kidding. I had some tweets. Today. Oh no, I was going to get to that. Like, okay. I, I am going to, I, I, you, you want to go there now? Yeah, well, we can get, well, okay. yeah, we can, if you want, I just, I, I do want, I think it's interesting because I don't know where you were when you found out about the trade this morning, like when Woj tweeted it out, but I was making breakfast and I saw it and I kind of chuckled and I went, so Joe went from a guy that Miami fan thought 
was a complete putz and not capable of making a deal to completely railroading and excluding the Miami Heat out of any contender status while also manipulating the two leading contenders in that conference mm -hmm. and pit against each other. Mm -hmm. Like, it's funny to go from, that was a 0 to 60 and 2.7, mm -hmm. man. Like, that was really impressive how he was able to do that. But yeah, we can talk about it because... I mean, I saved this. I could be way wrong. I, I don't, this over under is going to be like 27 and a half, 28 and a half. It's not going to be a high number. No. I don't see playoff or play in at all for this team. No. Here's the thing I, I love what Joe has done. I love what Joe and his staff, with, with, you know, it's Mike, Andre, Sergey, Asha, uh, everyone in that front office. Fantastic job. Mm -hmm. if, you, if, you, if you paid attention at all this summer, the, the thing, the drum that I beat was go get something shiny. Go get one thing you can sell. That one thing you can sell is DeAndre Ayton. And the thing I said was, okay, if you're another team out there, go find a 25 or under front court player. Now, DeAndre just turned 25. We're talking semantics here. But, like, that was the shiny thing they could sell, and it was also a front court player. So beyond that, you've now reinforced that with Time Lord, who... Matches again that athletic profile. Look, Robert Williams is not an offensive threat in the sense of like, oh, you really work him into stuff. No, you put him in pick and roll and you throw it anywhere near the rim and you let him go get it. Mm -hmm. He is a high-level athlete who is a rim finisher and a rim protector. He is an elite-level defensive player. He is an elite-level rim runner. They aren't looking for him to be more than that. And because of his injuries, he's now being slotted in as a backup behind Aiton. And you have, you went from having no front court depth to having one of the deepest center positions in the NBA. I think that's, that was what stuck out too, was having Time Lord and them. And Woj saying, you know, we could talk about this, like the keeping of Time Lord and how they like mm -hmm. it with depth. There's also not going to be, I think, this immediate pressure on Aiton because they're going to be able to rotate both these guys. It, it just felt great to look at the roster and go from Yusuf Nurkic, who obviously has some good moments, but we know those bad ones exist, and Drew Eubanks, who is a very undersized athletic, but very undersized mm -hmm. big, to having a starting center from a finals team. and Actually, having back-to-back two, -back two, two starting centers from a finals, finals team. No matter how you feel about Aiton and where he stacks up in the center conversation mm -hmm. in this league, I'd be hard pressed to find a more impressive one in the front court than those two guys. Like, how many teams can you name that you'd say just specifically at center the depth is better than that? You you can't, and that's that's something that's that is impressive about this. You can find better. There, there's Jokic. There's there's Embiid. Like there's sure. like, like that part of it. But depth wise, Aiton Williams is fantastic. Uh, they're they're shallow at the three. Yeah, and that's when you want to talk about like where is this team gonna go. Number one, and I've said this and I've drilled this point home, I love Scoot Henderson. I think he's going to be very good. He is 19 years old, and he has problems with finishing and shooting. He, those are the two things he needs to develop is kind of get used to the NBA, become better as a finisher, become better as a shooter. Saying, here's Scoot. Go out there and get 20 and 7. That's not happening. And that's okay. It's not supposed to happen because he's 19 years old. Mm -hmm. Right now, the offense, you know what it should be built around? If you're talking about figuring things out and making things easier for Scoot Henderson, it's Anthony Simons and DeAndre Ayton pick and rolls. That should be the gravity of this franchise right now. 
Because if, if the offense is built around that, your best scorer, your best playmaker, the guys with the two most gravity, and Scoot Henderson can feed off of that, that's how you maximize him instead of going, here you go, and dumping the entire burden on him. Let him work his way into stuff the same way they did with Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, was, he was given the keys to the franchise. He was not given the keys to the offense. The offense was still LaMarcus Aldridge. It started with LaMarcus and ended with LaMarcus. Mm-hmm. Do the same with Scoot. Let the offense start with Ant. Ant is your best offensive player right now. If you're arguing that, look, man, go, go, go talk to God. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you guys over that. It's not close. Okay? DeAndre gives you a real rim pressure threat. Time Lord gives you a real rim pressure threat. You're also going to see Jeremy Grant and DeAndre Ayton posting up a metric shit ton mm-hmm. because they don't have creation level stuff outside right. of Scoot and Ant. Right now, they are lacking in the playmaking department. I would imagine that they're probably going to address those things uh, it, as as they progress. It is a tiny little thing, but I was thinking about this today, Danny. You kind of just alluded to it. So we're, we're under the impression that Ant, Scoot, there's your backcourt, right? Shaden coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. That's... That's at least what we're thinking going in. I, I kind of wonder, you know, the way we talk about Dame with CJ or Dame with Ant or Dame in any version of the Blazers, pretty on-ball heavy dominant player, right? Mm-hmm. I think Scoot comes in with kind of a similar vibe. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, like, as a rookie, having to kind of acquiesce to another player who's going to probably, I would imagine, handle the rock the most and get the most shots I do wonder, like, growth. Like, that's kind of what the season is to me, is little things and little ways to grow and, like, how that can maybe benefit him in the long term of we don't question or go, yeah, we've never seen Scoot play off ball. Like, he's going to have to learn a lot, but that's one little skill set that I think kind of goes under the radar here for him. 100%. And that's, and that's of a million storylines, it's one of the, of the things that I'm really excited to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it stands right now, I – Brogdon's a guy I think you can slot in for a few minutes a night. Maybe that cuts into Anthony. Maybe that cuts into Scoot. Maybe that cuts into Shaden. How they figure that out? They tell Brogdon he's going to go home, and Skyler Mays is a guy who ends up being like the emergency point guard guy. That's what we're going to have to try to watch and find out. Uh, everybody's always asking, what are they going to do with they, with they, if or when they trade Jeremy Grant? Guys, that is too far away. That is- well, you can thank one of the reporters this past week for leaking that they're going to look to trade him or they'd be willing to trade him in January. You got to thank a report for that. Yeah, I know that, but it also, duh. <laughs> look, not Jer- everybody was under the assumption that look, that was going to. Well, here's the thing Jeremy like Grant him. can stay here basically, I think, as long as he wants to stay here. Sure. Does he want to just chill here? I don't think so when it's all said and done. But I also think the Blazers can get something very valuable for him at the trade deadline. Maybe multiple teams like, hmm, 18-point-a-game defensive wing stopper? I'll take one of those. Mm-hmm. Certified so, role guy on really good teams, man. Mm-hmm. He has that experience under his belt. So, um, and for everybody wondering what the starting lineup's going to look like, I have no reason to believe that's not going to be Scoot, Ant, Tease, Grant, Aiden. There's yeah. been zero in anything that has been indicated that, that will change. So Shaden lobbing to Time Lord who lobs back to Shaden. Oh my <laughs> god, I can't wait to see it. I'll tell you what, you've got a bench unit now of Shaden, Time Lord, Chris Murray, yeah. Jabari Walker. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting group. That's the thing, is there's so much in this, it's it's that's it that's genuinely interesting. Um, but as it pertains to the overall um 
process of everything, turning Dame into Giroux, Aiton, and I haven't mentioned Kamara either. I, I, I think Kamara, if he's not in the 10-man, is going to... I've had a lot of scouts tell me, keep an eye on Kamara. He's 6'8". He shot 36% at Dayton after he transferred from Georgia. Like He's he's a good prospect. Put him on a two-way situation, let him get down with the remix, and then bring him up, you know, different points in the season and give him some burn. Like That's what the season is to me. It's like, mm-hmm. can a 6'8 guy who shot the ball decently in college... Can he show it at this level? I thought mm-hmm. it was funny. The Suns actually gave a thank you tweet. Like he, I don't think he actually played a game with. He did not. He was, he was just drafted with the fifty second pick in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for those wondering, I think I mentioned on the last broadcast, uh, Kamara did work out with the Blazers. Uh, yes, this, I remember you saying that into the draft, yeah. into the draft yeah. combine. So um, you've got Kamara. You've got so now you've got in this draft. You've got Scoot Kamara. Uh, Rupert and Murray. You have four. Mm-hmm. You have four, four rookies. Dudes. Okay. Yeah. So again, this team is very young, very very young. As it stands right now, if you exclude Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Grant is the oldest player on this team at 29 years old. The entire roster is under 30. Yeah. Okay. This we're gonna do. We're gonna draw the correlation lines again. Dumb young, no wins. It's a straight line. That's how it, that's how the NBA goes. Mm-hmm. If this team is a playoff team, it is because the most magical miracle on ice stuff ever has occurred. It, just, it does not happen in the NBA that teams this young win. Just is what it is. I so. think it's generally too. I think it's the. The experience at certain positions, though, that lends itself for some people to think, hey, this team bottoms out, this team bottoms out, this team doesn't play well. I mean, look, these people might be right. I I don't, you know, Aiton goes crazy and Time Lord stays relatively healthy and Ant goes off like a madman. Jeremy contributes. Sure, but, like, I'm just, I'm going to go with the area that's, you know they make money, and Vegas does not tell me this is going to be a great team. So, and it's okay. I, I know people. That's yeah, the thing. It's, it's exactly. entirely going. Turn yes. your brains off wins and losses for one year. Maybe just enjoy two. it, right? You you right. you are grading things this season in how does Scoot look versus day one versus mm-hmm. day thirty versus day sixty versus day yeah. ninety? Yeah. How does Shaden look in year two? Can Ant be the focal point of an offense? Can DeAndre Ayton find his mojo again after? having to deal with the S show that he did with the Suns. Right. Um, can Does Tease have another gear in him? Where's Ryan Repair in all of this? Is Ibu Baji a guy that can be an NBA big someday? Uh, does Chris Murray, is he 70% of his brother? Like everyone in the scouts kind of talked about. Like There are so many questions and not in a, what are they going to do? Oh my God. It's like, oh, this is a really interesting question. Like what do they have in this guy truly? What can they min-max in this? Can somebody add something here? Can you get a little tweak there? It's There's there's so many good, interesting questions, and I don't want it to be like I'm dismissing Damian Lillard because I've gotten some of that, like, oh, you're just you're eager to move on. No, I am eager to move in a direction of a path being picked. Whether Dame was here or not, I was still going to cover this team. I love Dame as a, as a basketball player and even more as a person. But a path was chosen mm-hmm. in all of this. And we haven't done the show since the Chris Haynes piece. Um, 
I have an article that is done on my Patreon that I'm going to make unlocked for everyone. It has been sent off because, to be bluntly honest, I have stuff in there that's off the record from Dame, and I need his blessing to print it. Once he has given his blessing or not, I will release my feelings on the entire process. So, because um, I've had a bunch of people say, what are you going to say about this, and what's going to go? I talked about it on the radio a little bit. There's a couple thousand word write-up on that. Um, do you want to talk about that? I I just... I. Just kind of like the the the, the now that we hit, we can put a bow yeah. on the base the, the I mean, general look, process. We, Danny, we expected like pieces to come out. I you know go back to Lamarcus and suddenly all the team sources were like, "Hey, he's actually not that great to deal with." Like you just find the truth out when yeah. these guys get dealt, and it's never going to be pretty. I think no. Dame felt a lot of ways and. You know, this is kind of his dude, right? This is the guy that went and had dinner at his house before a playoff game and said he was going to send those MFers home. Like, this guy, his his reputation is known by having the access to Dame amongst many other players. I knew the piece would eventually hit. I just, I think it's like little things. I don't have a problem, I guess, with the player piece coming out. But, like, you, you quote the player... And then, like, talking about the player specifically, then there's sources, and it's not the quote from the player. And the way it's kind of done in the NBA, it's a little trickier and different, mm-hmm. I think, than other leagues. And I also, I just, point of reference, I, I thought, you know, a lot of people, I think, misconstrued initially his point of Dame saying, if I can't get to Miami, I'll rescind mm-hmm. my trade, whereas the athletic piece said he did say that, but it was like, until you find... And so I listened to his podcast with Stein and he differentiates that and says, yeah, it was tell they could get one with Miami, but the actual piece published did not have that. And so it was very confusing, I think, for like 25 to 35 minutes for people until they read the athletic piece and realized he was just doing that to continue to try to get to Miami. So I don't really have a whole lot. I, I It's going to get a little dirty here and divorce is never easy, but no. yeah, little things. No, and, and, and like I said, without going into it, because I, I want to let that, the piece that I wrote, do most of the talking because it's not something I took lightly and it's not something I want to get like some stupid soundbite over. Yeah. Um, there was a, there, there's a, there's a lot of minutia that I wanted to make sure that I covered of, I wanted to say exactly what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. Because when you talk over the top of it a million times, you're bound to say something stupid. (laughs) I know. Hmm. And you know, when you're on the radio, that's just a really easy way to do that. Um, but beyond that, that's kind of where I sit with all that stuff. Um, genuinely where, where things stands right now, I'm excited for tomorrow. You and I will both be at media day tomorrow morning. Um, we'll kick it off. You're literally going to hop off air and boogie across the bridge, uh, yeah. to Moda. I will be there, uh, bright, early and bushy tailed, um, likely not doing my own radio show tomorrow because I think we'll probably wrap around 1230 ish, uh, with the players. So, um, if you're looking for me on air, I probably won't be there because I'll have stuff to do following that. I'll likely call into the show, um, and try to relay some thoughts, but it's going to be an interesting day tomorrow. And I kind of want to look ahead to that now in general, like what are, what are the, the thoughts, questions, things that you, you kind of want to ask tomorrow? Uh, I want to ask Joe why he chose the color blue for Damien in his journal. Um, what went into that? Like, was it between blue? Was it red? Did he consider purple for Weber 
what's the thought process of the Sharpie color? I hope you ask that. I'm going to ask that question. I, I've always been known to ask a really stupid question to somebody, so I like doing stuff like that. Why Moleskin? That really, <laughs> that really bothered Miami fans. Why did that bother Miami fans? I don't know. I think everything bothers Miami fans. So uh, and you know what? Kudos to us. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Let them crawl to the depths of hell and set their rage on some other fan base that wants nothing to do with it. They seem very pity, uh, petty and angry down there. Hey, look, um, look. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get after anybody for being petty. I, yeah, but there's levels to it, and it got like really weird with them. So like, and it's I weird. talked to a buddy of mine. I had in all the receipts of them too. Exactly, but I talked to a buddy of mine in Milwaukee, and he goes, "Buddy, you didn't think I knew about it? I root for the Bucks." And I was just <laughs> like, "Yeah, it's pretty awful." I got a, I got questions. Um, I think one of the top ones that I hope to hear, whether it's me or anybody else. There's kind of an unfortunate reputation of DeAndre and attitude and kind of the way things ended mm-hmm. in Phoenix. And I'd, I'd love to just hear his general thoughts of what he made of kind of some of that noise and maybe why Portland is a, a different situation than what he was kind of dealing with over there. And I think there's a, you know, leadership. It's now kind of you. You're the last member from the Western Conference Finals teams. Like, what is your experience how you're feeling about the season, uh, Jeremy getting to play with a bunch of kids and what that's like. I mean, I think I got a lot of the same questions everybody has going into it with kind of generally all the the key players. There's so much. I I I I wonder how much time we're gonna get with him because there's so much from the Dame angle to yeah going to with Drew to making the move for DeAndre to shipping out Yusuf Nurkic. Um, changing around this team for me, and this isn't so much about media days as much as it is just kind of looking at the entirety of all of this in that for the first time in a dozen years, a new direction has is, is underway a yeah. an, an entirely new direction. This is a, a new era, new regime, new what, whatever you want to call it. The ties of everything have been cut, whether positively or negatively. And the storylines outside of Anthony are entirely new. That's that's no small task, right? Like you you take a look at that. I think you you have to, in a sense, take take stock of not only the Lillard era, but the mistakes of the Lillard era. We're looking at this team right now, and it's the most athletic team we've seen in two, maybe three decades. Easily. Easily. And yet, they weren't able or willing to do that around Dame, whether it was Joe or Neil. Mm -hmm. Are they... Having been a part of a trade where the Milwaukee Bucks gave up everything they own, they have a second-round pick left... That is it. The rest of their draft capital is exhausted. Till 2030. They don't own any pick For control. seven years. Okay. <laughs> Does that kind of commitment, if you being a part of that, knowing what that looks like, are they now willing, when it comes time, to take that swing? 
knowing what it costs, knowing what it looks like, and knowing how difficult a decision it is, because it was not a simple decision for the Bucs to give up Drew Holiday. Mm-mm. That's something, that that is a... That is a line that I'm going to have in my notes for the entirety of this era. They were a part of negotiations that sent Damian Lillard to Milwaukee and fundamentally broke the standing, the pecking order in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it, it cost the Bucks one of their prized players and a guy in their community. Not the same relationship that Dame did. But if you don't think Drew is beloved in that community, you're out of your freaking mind. What does that look like and how committed are you? You saw you, you sent Drew to Boston and they basically gave you everything they had left. Mm-hmm. So having been a part of that and seeing it, I think that's the, 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 that's the thread I'm going to be pulling on for the next couple of years. I think the hard thing for me is squaring what was said or talked about doing last year versus like what the actions are overall became and i i kind of wonder i don't know how to frame that as a question to joe but like what did you learn about that experience in a lot of ways and then kind of hitting on what you're saying the one thing i know we can do at least at this point we don't know if they're going to go all in like if scoop pops if shaden pops and they're missing still that three and it's your two your three like are they going to do what you're saying i think the part that we have to examine right now is well, take take the feelings of Dame being traded. Take the feelings of they're going to go all in and push the chips in the middle for Dame. That's not here right now, right? That's mm-hmm. over. If you just looked at the roster itself, how do you feel about the roster building of this version of the mm-hmm. Blazers versus how long did you go where the roster kind of stayed relatively the same? And also kind of to piggyback off that, I think the one thing that this organization – um put itself a little behind in personally is the loyalty part. Like I know it's not a market that attracts big free agents. I know they're not always involved in the big trades, but did you cost yourself real opportunities in that 10 to 11 year run with Dame where just as an organization, you refuse to break the loyalty the way that Milwaukee did. If you read the Woj piece, like Mm -hmm. Horst was basically like, don't you leak this. I will deny, like, we can't talk about this. He felt really bad about trading Drew are you going to break loyalty and how that still stacks up? It's one of the reasons I'm like, keep an eye on this Scoot Ant thing. It's interesting. While Shaden's also still here, just fascinating to watch, I think, from that angle. A decision so, needing needing to be made at some a point A decision to be made that I don't think will be very easy no. for either argument, whether you trade Ant or keep Ant or whatever. I think it's going to be really tough. I want to know if they're going to break loyalty if needed. And what do we think in just in general going into media day about the roster building? Because he made it clear when he got hired what he wanted to do as a roster build. One of those was front court. He ended up bringing in Drew and everybody went, well, you don't care about the front court. Well, after all the trade was done, front court, two big dudes, two solid starters for what was finals teams. So, you know, I I think it's kind of piggybacking off that. Like, are you building it differently? And is the loyalty aspect slightly different for this organization? It's going to be interesting. I think it's a line of questioning. I'll probably go down. I don't want to give them too much for uh, of, of homework of what I, but what they learned from this. Yeah, absolutely. And not just the, the Dame stuff, but just the team building side of things and how they want to go about building their team. I had a general idea 
it's why I've been banging the drum of front court players that, you know, uh, ended up being dealt here. The Time Lords and the Aetons of the world. Um, I've seen a bunch of people ask about Time Lord and, and Brogdon about Media Day tomorrow. Uh, I did make a phone call about that. It's uh, a coin toss, I would say, of them being there tomorrow. The trade has been officially sent to the league, so we can ask questions about them, and, and the front office can answer them. Mm. So that 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 part of it is done. So uh, they can move forward with that. Because remember, Tuesday they're heading. Actually, I think they're heading out right after Media Day down to right Santa, after Media Santa, Day. Santa Barbara. That's they did it last year where they flew out. I think at like three uh, to Santa Barbara so they could pr- start practice Tuesday morning. Um, it's, it's a quick nod to our, to our friend Hyken. Uh, Sean Hyken will be down there covering training camp. So if you want to get your training camp updates from him, uh, go out there to Rose Garden Report and subscribe to, to the homie. Um, I was going to go down there, but then the thought of me going down there for a week without my wife, I didn't want to die. So, <laughs> Is he the only one going down from a beat perspective, do we know? I think so. He's the okay. only one I know for sure going. Okay. So um, we'll probably get some updates on that tomorrow. Um, any other thoughts you've got on just kind of the entire process all the way through? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, the one thing you were preaching at the start of this whole thing was the patience, the timeline. Like, when was some of this stuff going to get done? When we were going to figure it out? And I think a lot of us just learned that patience uh, paid off. I mean, I think there's different levels to what we all thought the trade ultimately would be. But in reading that Woj piece, I thought it was real interesting seeing how Joe kind of took different moments from other general managers or organizations that were trading, you know, franchise level guys. And whether that was, you know, the Ben Simmons type trade, for example, in in Brooklyn or or, excuse me, in uh, Philadelphia with Maury or... Uh, even the KD trade in Brooklyn where he says, I want to be traded and he comes back and then he's traded. Ultimately, I thought Joe learning from that, manipulating the market, coveting assets that aren't uh, necessarily going to crowd certain positions the way Neil once did, where I'm like, OK, they're going to do Norm Powell, CJ and Dame in the <laughs> starting. OK, all right. guess we don't need six, eight Aaron Gordon. Uh, he'll just go off and win a championship in Denver. But I think it was just having maybe a little bit earning some of that trust back. And it's not that like I didn't think he couldn't do the job. I just, again, given the comments of how last season went and the actions, it was kind of the opposite. And I think this summer, once they detached and they got to that point where they had to move Dame Danny, they did Dame a real solid, sent him to a great spot, a great community and a fan base that is rabid and can't wait to root for him. While also addressing a, a lot of positional him. needs. The Bucks had a parade for Dame. He's doing good. Yeah, that was a weird... Did you read what happened there, though? Yeah, there was one one Bucks media person who was like, uh, yeah, they were out there and Dame was like three hours late. It's like, he literally came straight from the airport. I, I know, he was late, but did you see what else? So he gets there and he's got his kids and he's yeah. going down, but Just went the guy inside. said that people... People couldn't see him, and then they had never, they didn't set up a stage or a mic outside. So he kind of like, they waited hours for him. Some people saw him, and then he just like walked into the arena and like did his thing. It was a really weird way how they handled it. I don't, I don't think that's Dame's fault. No, I'm not blaming Dame. I thought it was really weird the organization wouldn't make a stage and have like a microphone. Like, 
get up there and do the LeBron D Wade thing. Not six, not seven, not eight. Like go yeah, and go, go, go ham. Get some people jacked. Yeah. Uh, for those that are not watching the video portion, sorry, I, I was quiet there because I had to maintain uh, puppy control because um, I think my wife just walked back in the door and they're they're craving attention. So normally my wife's the wrangler, but right now I had to I had to give them their love. Um, yeah, all, all through all of this, it's number one. I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's over. Mm-hmm. It has been literally 88 days from the day of the trade request until the trade and it started before that trade request (laughs) and it really just mostly finished today so um i asked on the poll there are almost three thousand votes um Mm -hmm. how do you think the blazers did in the lillard trade 1.3 percent are heat fans and said d or f yeah 1.6 said C, and I'm assuming those are Celtics fans? Yeah, it, uh, who knows? It's <laughs> people, a not, people are like, I don't like Damian Lillard going to the Bucks. Probably 76ers fans secretly True. or Knicks fans. Yeah. Uh, 24.3% said B. Hmm. 72.8% said A. I mean, I, I don't I honestly don't know how you can grade it below an A. Go, go read anybody you respect. Go listen I to did, anybody I, you respect. Uh, I did give it a B plus. See, I think I thought it was a B prior to the Drew trade. But again, I, it's, I, I little teaser for for my article. It's up on my Patreon right now. I don't think it was possible for them to get an A because when you trade away your franchise cornerstone, I just oh, I, there's a level of damn. We had to do this. That sucks for sure. I think if you just but if you dismiss the emotions, it's not just the emotions. Like I don't think there's a, a a a trade out there where you can compensate for a decade plus of memories oh, of yeah. not just on the floor. The the times I know I I ask for people to share their favorite Damian Lillard moments and the number of off the court moments that came in that like Dame showed up and helped me with my wedding. Dame showed up to this, you know, barbecue Dame showed up at the hospital. Like I knew this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a shock to me, but for like everyone else to get that opportunity to see that, that was what I was kind of going to hope that came out of it. Not just, Hey, point nine and not just the wave goodbye. Like it ended up being like 500 different stories. And a third of them were off the court. Yeah. And I just don't think that even if you get the greatest player of all time in return, that you can just replace a decade. No, like, like it's, like, that's the thing. It's, it's a decade. It, it is a decade, but like we all have different, most of us have different decades of our lives and some decades are better than others. And while I, I don't know if you can comp it in certain ways, I do think there's a way to evaluate what they got in return, what they currently have, and what mm-hmm. they're hoping to do and say it could end up, Danny, becoming a, a slightly more successful basketball decade. That doesn't that doesn't change the Dame off court yep. or his ability or who he is, but from a team success standpoint, I think I think you got a shot if you can build this thing the right way and develop these guys mm-hmm. to 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 beat it and and maybe give that organization a slightly better shot than what they had for most of the decade with him, which I think for guys like you and me and a lot of other people, we could see 
you're hamstringing him a little bit. Like, do a little more for this dude. He is a different dude. Mm-hmm. And for a large portion of that, they just they just didn't. And look, I'm not going to fault anybody who says this to me. I, I, I go into like a further detail of why I don't think you can get an A for this, but it's semantics in the sense of, I think the Blazers in their front office did a fantastic job with the return and they're not done. They will get more in a return for Malcolm Brogdon. They have two other guys they could get a return for too if they wanted to move them. And it's something it's, it's they're not done, and I can see them going the route of OKC here, where they're just there. Here's the other thing, and uh, I one of the next things I'm working on is that um, the CBA part of this, as it stands right now, I believe the Blazers have about seven point four million in space mm. between there now and the luxury tax. Hello. So that means they could maybe work some imbalance deals. I mean, the new CBA kind of prohibits a lot of that stuff. Um, but there are some opportunities for them to make another move. And they have a good size salary in Brogdon where, yeah, we'll take on your bad salary for two years for a juicy first mm-hmm. and be that way station that OKC and, and San Antonio have been. That's not a bad thing. Get in that asset uh, accumulation phase and really dig in. Because, as I've said, this isn't like to be you know written in stone. They're not going to be good for two years. They may take a step forward and may like they may jump one year. Like they go from thirty wins to thirty nine or forty, and you're like, oh, and then they fall back to like thirty because the stuff isn't linear. What I'm saying is the next twenty four months should be about asset accumulation. Seeing what you have, trying things, and figuring things out. And what, as a fan, I'm not going to tell you how to fan, but if I had a suspicion of how the Blazers are going to go about it, it's that they're going to do that. They're going to try those things. So I wouldn't, I would put my hopes and my faiths and my dreams in this team, in this franchise, in development, in understanding that some nights they're going to lose. But in those nights, you're going to get. Shaden Sharp in the open court with DeAndre Ayton and Robert Williams and Anthony Simons pulling up and dropping 40 while they lose by 16. Yeah. Because that's just the way this is going to go. And that's okay. Because you were at the place where that should be happening. I mean, we also have to be honest about this. It's going to be really hard to draft Cooper Flag if we don't suck in two years. <laughs> you have to suck enough. Get a sag for Flag, baby. <laughs> and here's the other thing. If they do decide to deal Jeremy Grant the trade deadline, they'll be worse. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The uh, the pup is starting to get a little, little antsy. And I know you have got a heart out here, too, as well. I do. Um, so with that, thank you all. Appreciate you. We will do this again tomorrow night. <laughs> Uh, that's why it's going to be a little bit shorter as we have media day tomorrow. Uh, we will do a review out of that. I will write out of that as well. I will have a ton of writing coming out. I'm going to dive into DeAndre Ayton on the video side. So you guys will have that soon. Um, and there will be content left, right, and center. So thank you all. Appreciate you. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. Okay, Tanner. Well, I'm finishing up right now. Thanks, bud. Um, you can listen to Brandon first thing in the morning, six to nine, 10 to the fan. 
uh, tomorrow. You can normally catch me at 10 to the fan noon to three tomorrow. I will not be there. Like I said, I will be at media day. Brandon and I will both be there. You can email mm-hmm. the show, jackframses at gmail.com. Uh, on social media at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's, and it would be uh, I, it, I can't believe I forgot this. Uh, Jack Ramsey's brought to you by Move Insoles, a uh, deal that will not go away just because Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck. I am a brand ambassador. We are brand ambassadors for Move Insoles, and I am still trying to track down my Sabrina ones in a size twelve so I can stick my wonderful, wonderful Move Insoles that fit perfectly into them. Uh, everybody have a great, great night, and we will catch you guys literally tomorrow. Take care. Talk soon. Mm, bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.